What's up, tea drinkers? Who's ready to spill? Welcome to The Tea with KG, hosted by your girl, Kaylee Grace. Here you'll find your weekly boost of real talk mixed with laughter, healing, and all of those vulnerable, messy moments in between. The Tea with KG is a safe space for you to show up exactly as you are. We are here to share real-life stories from around the globe and be a community of love, joy, and celebrating life. This is a real deal show, so there will be coarse language and sensitive topics discussed. The most beautiful stories oftentimes emerge from the darkest of places, and we're here to explore it all. There's room for everyone at this tea time, so grab your drink of choice, spark it up, or just relax and soak it up. Cheers, and let's spill. What's up, tea drinkers? We are back with another episode of The Tea with KG. I am your host, Kaylee Grace, and I have another amazing guest joining me this week. We have the beautiful Michelle Allison. Yay! everybody. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Michelle is from Miramichi, New Brunswick. She's a registered social worker and a grief and loss ambassador. She has a very, very powerful, touching story she's going to share with us today. So I just want to thank you again for allowing me to share your story on this platform. I'm getting goosebumps the whole time I'm talking, by the way. I'm like, ooh, it's going to be a good one. So I really do appreciate you coming on today. Oh, thank you. Of course. I love telling my story. So it's a great, it's a great opportunity. So thank you. Absolutely. So we'll start with the who are you and what do you do? You got to love that question, eh? Like, it's like we <laughs> label ourselves as this is who I am, mm-hmm. right? But I will do it, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, just a little background. Yeah, background. So, yeah, I'm a registered social worker. So I worked with addictions and mental health for, gosh, aged myself, but over 21 years, almost 22 years. I always worked with kids and youth. That's been my passion. And probably the last, gosh, I would say eight years at least, probably longer. I've been in leadership roles, so either supervisory or management. So currently I'm a manager um, there. So yeah, that's been, and I say this a lot to people that uh, I find women, especially at my age, uh, you're getting to the middle age and you put so much um, of your value in your job, in your title Mm. and not necessarily in yourself. And that was a big learning lesson for me was, I worked so hard to get to where I was and I put a lot of value and, you know, I was really love mine. I do love my job, but that's not everything. Right. 1000%. I'm so happy you said that. I just want to point that out right there when I say who I am. Um, And of course I'm a mom. I have two beautiful children and I like to say I have two beautiful children. Uh, Mm -hmm. One lives with me and one lives in spirit. Um, So yeah, he's, and it does, I get choked up still three years later. And mm-hmm. I don't say I'm sorry. I used to say I'm sorry. And I find a lot of people do that too, is they say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying or I'm sorry. I'm upset when it's yes. natural and it's part of life and it's part totally, of the love. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I can relate to everything you're saying, even like the work thing. I feel like that was embedded in me at such a young age. And it's it's so much pressure. And it's like, that's not who you are, what you do for your job. Like it's part of what you you, you do every day, but it's not who you are. So I not love that you it's said not that. Your value. Yeah, your exactly. value, your self-worth. Your self-worth yes. isn't in your job. Exactly. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, with the crying too. I am a I'm a crier, and I again can relate to that because yeah. sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and then I'm like, "No, these are yeah, your like, you especially need to women, eh? It's like we, it's like yeah. a weakness. Like, oh, yeah, there's a girl crying again, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. was for me too. I was always a tough exterior, you know, work through things. Been mm-hmm. through a lot in my life up until when I lost my son. I've been through a lot before that. I was next for I thought in grief already. Um, yeah. So I guess I should rewind. Um, my grief story actually started when I was very young. I was 17, about to graduate, and my father suddenly died of a massive heart attack. Wow. So, you know, your whole world changes. And at that age, I didn't really process what happened. I just kind of, you know, and that's how our society works. We're grief illiterate, so we don't talk about it. We just, we mourn well. So we do all the rituals. We do the wakes. We do the bring, you know, the the uh, sandwiches and cupcakes and you know our community is great for doing that part the ritual part the morning part because the morning's what's on the outside right and the grief is what's inside that people don't see so we're really good at morning and um, you know then I graduated uh, went off to college became a social worker Um, very proud of that was the first in my family to get a degree so again there was a lot of you know this is who I am now, right? Which wasn't really, isn't really it. But anyway, then I lost, you know, I lost, honestly, I've lost almost all of my family. I'm from a small family as it is, but all of my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, uh, friends, cousins, the only loss I haven't myself experienced is a sibling loss, which I have seen through my, my daughter, what that does. Um, yeah. So then in 2019, um, it was Easter weekend. And uh, Avery, Avery's my son, and he just got off work the entire. And I tried to text him, no answer, or I tried to call him, no answer, text, no response. And because of social media now, it's amazing, it's great, but it's also not great. Uh, there, we found out there was an accident in Nelson, and four kids were involved. So none of us knew. We never got contacted yet as to what happened. I, I, my ex-husband took off to the hospital to see if it was him. <clears throat> anyway, so we ended up at the hospital. It was, it was him. There were four kids. Um, long story. It was a long, painful night. He was airlifted to Moncton, um, but he died on, well, they were doing CPR when we got to Moncton. On. So, um, yeah, that was a huge tragedy for our whole community because all four mm-hmm. did pass. Um, Avery, his best friend, and two girls. Um, so yeah, it it put a, it just changed my life completely. You know, they say you never understand something until you go through it, and that's completely true. You know, being a social worker, you go through, you try to be alongside with people going through grief. Mm-hmm. We're not educated on how to help people. You know, it's yeah. in our school, in our lives, in our communities, in our families. Yeah. It's that subject no one wants to talk about. And it's the one thing that's going to happen to everybody. Mm, so true. So, yeah. So, so, so that true. really put me on a path to a completely new, I don't even know how to explain what, you know, transpired, but it, it changed the trajectory of my whole life in yes. good ways too, not just bad. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. That's such a, I don't have human babies yet, so I can't even relate. Um, that's such a significant loss and my heart, it just, it goes out to you because it, it's a lot. And 
it's just you're so I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, but your strength is amazing. And I mean, I've watched you just via social media, you know, and, you know, you're sharing your heart and your grief. And I feel like that's so important. Because like you're saying, like, it's stuff that hasn't been talked about enough. And in order for us to grow as people and connect and be compassionate towards each other, we have to share our stories and our stories. It's life. They're going to include every aspect, right? So yeah. I commend you for, for being that person that will share that with people. Uh, Cause it's just, I know I it can be to listen to that voice inside. Yeah. You, right? I don't know why I started doing that. That's not like me. I'm not mm. a huge extrovert that, puts her whole life on Facebook or really talks about her life in general. If you ask my friends, I'm very much a closed off person and deal with it mm-hmm. on my own. I don't need any help and I don't tell people what's really going on. And this was something that just, you were so shattered and you're so just cleaning and looking for hope and, uh, you know, a, a way out of that darkness that mm-hmm. this is writing was my way out of the darkness. And it's a gift, obviously, that was given to me to help myself. I was doing it for myself as much as other people. It was helping me Mm -hmm. heal, definitely helping me heal probably more than other people. Um, And, you know, what you said before, and I've done a lot of reading. I'm not a reader. Before this, I did the Coles Notes version for high school. (laughs) I did the easiest way I could get through it. You know, I'm not, I was not a reader. And ever since Avery passed, it's just like, okay, I need to find, I need to understand. I need to find where he is, where he could be, how do people get through this? Yes. What are other ideas, what other forms of therapy are out there? I was just a sponge and just craving for information. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped me too, is you just get such a uh, overall view of different ways of healing because everyone's grief is as unique as your fingerprint. Absolutely. No two people, even the four moms that were of the, of the four kids, we all grieve differently. Mm-hmm. Same exact situation, a lot of the same details, yet we all grieve differently as anyone would, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it's one of those things I'm just so, and again, I've been through a lot of grief in my life, but this one was just like, okay, you need to claw your way back out and how are you going to do that this time? Mm-hmm. And, totally. you know, we come, <laughs> David Kessler says, this, and I'm going to speak about him a lot because he's really been my guide. Um, and he, he says, you know, we come from a long line of dead people, you know, there's <laughs> 100% death right here. It's like, we're all going to die. We've come from a long line of dead people. I like and that. I've never heard right? that. He's very blunt, but it's really, you know what? That's right. And, it's you know, true. How long, and he'll say too, how long is, if someone asks him, how long is someone going to grieve? Well, how long are they going to be dead? Because that's how long you're going to grieve. There is no time frame to this. There that's is right. no after a year. I found that too with Avery. And I know with my dad too, but it was just different. I guess I was younger and didn't really know how to process it. It was a different yeah. form of loss. Um, but, you know, it's after I noticed I had a lot of support in the first year, you know, to get you through. And it's almost like society feels like, okay, you got all the first done. You checked all those off. Now it's time to just tuck that in a nice little box, put it in the corner and get back to your old life because it's not healthy to dwell on that. It's not healthy to keep talking about them, you know, and that's the way our culture sees it. And it's so wrong and it causes so much shame, shame and people feel like they're doing it wrong. Right. And that's just, it's it's just not not the way it is. 
No. It's like healing. Healing, no matter what you're healing from, it's not linear. You're never going to be like, yep, here we go. And then no. it's done. It's like, it's going to be like a roller coaster, a wave, however you want to envision it in your head. And like, I always say too, even healing from my own trauma and demons, like sometimes I'm like, woo, like I'll take two steps forward and then, oh, something will happen and I go backwards. So yeah. don't feel shame either, anyone listening, if you, I'm saying this in air quotes, if you're not watching, if you think you should be done healing. No, it's, it's not like that. It, it's an everlasting thing. It may feel different in different sections of your journey and you may navigate things differently which is good. It's a great thing yeah. to, to navigate. And I find myself too, things may still trigger me, but I may handle it slightly different than I would have before. So yeah. don't ever feel shame if you're dealing people. because And shame only lives in the stories we don't tell. Exactly. Right? So if you have the courage and the vulnerability to tell your story and where you're at, there's no mm -hmm. shame there. No, it, exactly. It, it loves secrecy. So as long as there's secrecy, shame can thrive. But as I love that you just that, said that. Right? It loves secrecy. So that mm -hmm. We're quoting that right now. Shame mm -hmm. loves secrecy. Ooh, like yeah. I love that because it's so true. Mm -hmm. And when we bring that to light, like we realize you're not alone. There are millions of oh people. Oh my gosh. Right? So like if you just say, like if I asked you right now, name three losses you've had in your life. How hard is that for you to do? Exactly. And loss isn't just the death of someone. Loss is the loss of exactly. a relationship, the loss of a job, mm -hmm. loss of a pet, loss yep. of identity, loss oh of my God, your yes. safety, of your childhood, like it, everything. Like you yes. can't be connected. We're born for connection. So you can't have connection and not have loss. Exactly. Just, exactly. Oh my God. I'm just like, I, I literally, the whole time we've been talking, I have goosebumps the entire time. Like this is so, so powerful. And I just, I love that you're sharing this because it's so true. Like anyone dealing with any loss, don't feel shame and find that safe space where you can open, whether it be people directly around you, maybe on social media, this podcast, for instance, very safe space here. You know, if you need anything, I mean, we'll, we'll make sure we plug in Michelle's social medias at the end, but we're here. So reach out if you, if this is resonating and you want to speak further, like I know Michelle's, she's super open and she's very warm and easy to speak with. So, you know, if you're listening and it's resonating at the end, we'll make sure we, uh, we tag everything in. Cause it was hard for me. I'm used to being the helper. I'm used to being the one to help people that are going through loss and grief and tragedy and trauma. Like, and for me to be on the other side was very hard yeah. and it really was an eye opening experience to see, you know what? we really aren't helping people the way we should. You know, we don't mm -hmm. understand. And David Kessler, so maybe a little background on him too, mm -hmm. is he was a grief therapist. He called him a grief expert. He kind of had a journey similar to mine, but again, everyone's is different, but he lost his mother from to cancer when he was, I think, 14. And it kind of put him on this path towards social work and towards grief and loss and that being his um, focus. And then he lost his, I think he was 21-year-old son. Wow. And he, he would say, you know, I want to write a letter to every parent I ever counseled or had in therapy to say, I'm so sorry. I never understood the depth of your grief, the depth of the pain, because you can't understand it until you're through it yourself. That's right. And so that was a big eye opener to me is as much compassion and empathy I have in my profession for other people and wanting to help. You can't fix this. That's there right. is no fixing grief. There's only witnessing, holding space allowing them sitting with them in the dark there's a I love this quote where it says you know if you're with a friend we do we all do we want to fix it for them because we don't want to see them in pain 
right? So if you're in the room, you're looking for the flat, you're looking for the light switch on the wall, right? To, I got to turn that light on for them. And all they want you to do is sit in that dark room with them until they're ready to turn the light on. But we as a society and a culture and as therapists and friends and family, we want to fix it because it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for us to see people in pain. Exactly. Oh my God. I love that analogy too. Just trying to find the light and you can visually see it, right? That's what we do. You know, there is no fixing it. That's right. And one thing I've learned as well along the way is when you can finally sit with your pain and your grief as as it's not a walk in the park by any means, it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. But it for me anyway, it was the only way through some of the things that really rocked me in life. And I was like, if I was the a number. I was like, let me numb my pain. I'm going to do this, 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 so I don't have to feel it. Let's just keep going. Like that used to be me. And then, you know, you get rocked really, really hard and it totally challenges everything you ever knew, like you were saying earlier. And I was not with a loss of someone through death, but just with other types of trauma. And I was like, I'm either going to go this way or this way. Which way do I choose? I need to heal. And it, oh my God, sitting with your pain, hardest thing in the world, but worth it. It's, it's, I say like grief is the most patient of all emotions. So if you want to run yeah. from it, you can, if you want to, <laughs> like, I see it, it, to me, it seemed like this tunnel, right? So you like after, right after, and it's normal, it can be for years for people. Everyone's different is the lights went out. There was no light anymore. Mm. There was no sun. There was no colors. There was no pretty rainbows, even though you, yeah. Avery would send me rainbows to remind me. I remember but seeing those pictures. Rainbows, I'm telling you. Yeah. And people would like, because it was so out there and so obvious that my friends, my coworkers would be like, oh, Avery, send out. Here's a And they were on specific days, like certain days where it, there is a meaning to it a lot mm. of times. And they're usually a double one. And I don't know if I just oh wasn't my paying attention before, but I never seen so many double rainbows as I have this last three years. I'm a like, firm believer in symbolism like that. Like yeah. butter, oh, butterflies is big for me. Like my grandmother, yeah. she, it's mm-hmm. wild. And the way it shows up sometimes, it's not normal. Like it's like, okay, this you can't is make you. it up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's totally, oh yeah. We've had so many, uh, so many different signs. I love and, those yeah, signs. A lot of them I want to tell me the signs. I love this. Oh these gosh. Stories. There's been so many. And it's funny because my family and a lot of my friends too, and I, I was before I was a skeptic. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't the spiritual being doing smudging and doing uh, spirit work and going to mediums and talking to spirit. Like this wasn't me before I was. You are my favorite person. I have another friend who was, was, I say was, was also a skeptic is not now. I love hearing a skeptic converted because right. You can show both sides because I've always been very spiritual. So for me, I never really was skeptical. So when I meet a skeptic or pre former skeptic, I'm like, tell me, tell me what, tell what me how this happened. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a lot of friends that were very spiritual and very connected to cards and, you know, yeah. there's meaning in everything. I look at them like, hey, that's great, but I don't, <laughs> is that helping you? I guess that's helping you, but I didn't really believe them. And okay. I feel bad for Now I'm like, oh, you were so right. And I was wrong. I'm so sorry <laughs> because I should have been following you all along, but it's just not the way I was raised and it's not right. the way I was brought up. Um, so even my family, they were very closed off. And I think Avery was just like, you know what, guys, this is so traumatic for you all that I'm going to make sure there are signs and my mom's going to make sure you see the signs, even if you don't see the signs. And like right off the bat, like the so the wake would have been I don't know say four or five days later, and I was Avery's favorite 
Avery had a sweet tooth. So Avery's favorite mm-hmm. candy were Swedish berries. And even my sister on his, um, in the funeral arrangement she had done, had them glue Swedish berries into each of the carnations oh. or whatever flower they were. I can't remember now, but I remember Swedish berries. Yes. And uh, I didn't have any in my house. I bought Easter eggs because it was Easter, but no Swedish berries. So I go up into my room to get change my shoes because I didn't want to wear the, I had heels and I'm like, I just want to be comfy. So yeah. I come out of my walk-in closet. I already went in, came out of my walk-in closet to come back out because my brother was waiting for me. And here, nowhere to lie, was a Stop. Swedish berry in the middle of my floor. Stop. I literally have tears in my eyes so hard right now. Whoa. Like there's no, no denying. And that was like right after. And this is before I really, I was starting to kind of, because I had separated from my husband like three, two and a half years before that. So that kind of kickstarted my spiritual journey. Um, And then this just kind of put the metal, the pedal to the metal for it. But it, so I was kind of starting to kind of believe in some of that stuff. But that was like, holy moly. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wasn't in the house, was it? Like, that is, that was Avery. He was like, hey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm okay. And just random, like, dimes. I get quarters. Lexa, my daughter, gets dimes. Like, she bought her car um, in the fall from a guy in St. John. So he had cleaned it. It was immaculate when we bought it. So Avery, Avery mm-hmm. had purchased a car before he died too. So we had sold his car and that money was going to help Lex. So he kind of paid for her, some of her cars, kind oh of a present gosh. for her, right? So, so when sweet. we went down to St. John to get it, um, and my ex, her dad was there too. And he said, come here and look. And as soon as we opened the driver's side door in that little cubby hole, you know, Stop. by the handle yes. was a dime. Stop. Oh yeah. my God. You know, dimes you can get dimes and like see a dime on the street or on the road or even in your house. You'd be like, well, it could be, maybe it's no. not. Right. But, but that, that was like, oh yeah. yeah. I have some freaky dimes. Those are, and this is my grandfather. He, yeah. I swear to God, Michelle, I have to tell this story because it's like, it's just so weird. It's like one of those moments. I was in a room. This was back East. So I was in a room in my house and the doors, every door was open. Nobody was home except for me. Like the dog was not in the room. He was in the living room. The cats weren't in there. There was nothing there to stir things up. And I could hear like a ding, 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 like of a coin hitting the floor. And I was like, what was that? And like, I, I, I could see something fly into the hallway. And I was like, what? Just, I went, Michelle, it was a dime. I was like, oh, it was the weirdest, like, it flew out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I see you. And like yeah. at that time in my life, I definitely was needing that reassurance and things mm-hmm. like that. So exactly. Just yeah. wild. And one of my psychic medium friends told me for spirit to show you physical things like that takes like a lot of their a energy. A lot of energy. I, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So they yeah. mean it when they send you the they, signs, everybody. Yeah. They mean yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then there'd be times where I don't get any for a long time. And I understand that, like, you don't need a sign. You're doing okay. Yep. I'm going to go worry about someone else or, you know, yeah. or go do my own thing. But yeah, it's, uh, they're definitely, um, they're healing like mm. more than, you know, I've been to mediums, which I was, again, a skeptic, very strong. I'm curious to about. hear about that. Yeah. And, you know, you can't make up what they tell you. And especially no. you'll resonate. You'll try Like I've tried a few, you resonate with some more than others. Yes. Um, and one guy we, we go to probably, he's probably the one I go to the most and I don't go a lot, you know, and I don't feel I need to anymore at the first. They're really, they're more than to me, they were more healing than any therapy I could go to because I oh, need to yeah. know he was okay. As yeah. a mom, I need to know my son's okay. So I could do cognitive behavioral therapy. I could do, you know, work on my PTSD, whatever, but 
I, yeah. that's not going to help me right now. I need to know he's okay. Yep. This is you like know? your spiritual healing. I, I feel like I've seen yeah. you on this page, Palaki. Have you been to yeah, him? Yeah, that's who I was going to mm. say. He is, he's, he's amazing. Our, he's our man. He's the Oh, guy. yeah. Like mm-hmm. my friends. And again, the skeptic I was referring to, mm-hmm. that's who turned her to. I, he's I, incredible. And it's funny you say that because I have a few friends too. And I'm like, okay, just go to him once. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. You can be a skeptic all you want. That's your choice. Go mm-hmm. to him and then tell me you're still a skeptic after. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> call me when yeah. you're done. <laughs> call me when you're done because I guarantee my daughter was probably worse than me. Like she was yeah. like 13, 14, right? Just trying mm-hmm. to figure the world out as it is, let alone oh, have this all happen, right? And yeah. uh, she she was with me on my session. She came in at the end and a few of the things he said to her, like, I know you smell his cologne the other night in the kitchen. Things she didn't tell me. No. And, and there's no way. Axe body spray he always yes. wore, right? Yeah. And she, her eye, you could just see her. And it was something about she had beat the beat headphones. And one mm-hmm. side went, uh, she lost sound on one side. I don't know if it was left or right or whatever. And he had said to her, Avery saying, do you remember? Or I guess your headphones aren't working now. And I took the, the left side's not working now. Because they would torment each other all the time. That was their thing. Yeah. So it was just like her mouth just dropped. And it's like, oh my gosh. Whoa. No one else. No one else. Because there's some things, you know, you go to, especially as a skeptic. And you'd be like, you could have looked on my Facebook. Yeah. You, They're general, yes you know, those are signs. I got a dime. Well, anyone can find a dime and say mm-hmm. that was a sign. But the mm-hmm. things he said were too, and especially at the first one, I went to him details about the accident that nobody else knew. Oh. details about what happened in the room after he had died. You know, he, about who touched him, where, who kissed him, who, what they said, like no oh, one knew oh that. No. And you can't, so you oh, can't make that up like that. Like no. even where they were sitting in the car, like things that no one would know. Mm-hmm. Some things I didn't know till after. And I had to check. Wow. Some things Avery did with his friends. I'm like, oh no, my son wouldn't have done that. Oh no, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, so it's so healing to know, okay, there is something more than what we were told, what we were mm-hmm. told to believe that there's a heaven and then the, we never see them again and they go away to this on the clouds in the sky. Yeah. That's just not what it is. No. You know? Oh my gosh. I love that we're talking about him coming through. Like, it's just, it's just wild. It's just amazing. And it just really like, it's an ego check for humans. Cause it's like, yeah. wait a minute. It's not 3d. Like there is so much to this universe that I, it's so fascinating to me. I'm like, let's explore it all. But I There's love story. Now I'm trying to think what book that's in. Cause I have yes. so many books. Yes. And, yes, talks, we and hear I, it. I think it's in David Kessler's again. I'm seeing if I, I think I, thing on it and it's the coolest little story about and it kind of explains that how we really don't understand okay here it is here so it's I don't know if you've heard it but it's the twins in the womb story oh go for it yeah share oh and also if you want to show the book just in case anybody's curious oh this is my go and I don't know if you can see it what's it called it's called finding meaning the sixth stage of grief and it's David Kessler David Kessler so like for me and any therapist or a lot of people know the five stages of grief Mm-hmm. that we would have been learned school, you know, yeah. from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. So she, he worked a lot with her in, in developing those. And we all know those are linear. They're not linear. You, like you had talked about earlier, you could be angry mm-hmm. one day and depressed the next and maybe go to finding meaning and back to depression or back to denial. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not linear. And she never meant it to be that way. And I think, mm-hmm. I think people took it as that. That's really too of bad. Of course. But, so anyway, so then he decided, I think it was after his son had died, that, you know what, there's more than five stages, there's finding meaning at the end. And if you can mm. find meaning, then it makes the pain lessen. 
So you, I love you remember that. with more love than pain, right? Yeah. And that's kind of my goal too, is to remember him with more love than pain. And you don't have to suffer. That was the big thing for me is to learn, you know what? You don't have to suffer. That's a yeah. choice. You're always going to grieve him. You're always going to miss him, but you mm-hmm. don't have to suffer. And that was like a huge turning point for me. I like yeah. that. And maybe it's like, I don't know. As a person, I've always been really hard on myself. And like, when you're saying that, you don't have to suffer. It's like, oh, and maybe people like that can relate because it's like, no, I have the choice, not the choice, but like how you proceed. Yeah. And it's like a loyalty to misery. So especially like losing and everyone's grief is their worst grief, their Mm -hmm. worst loss. So you saying, you know, well, I didn't lose a child. So my grief isn't the same. Well, it is your grief. Do you yes, know what I mean? And you that's, can't compare that's the worst, trauma. That's the worst grief. loss you know of. So exactly. that you can't compare. We do this comparative. So then it causes, right. well, my grief's better than yours. Or you know what I mean? And it's just not the case, right? That's Everyone's it. grief is it's, theirs. Yes. Oh my God. But, I'm like loving everything you're saying. But, that's so yeah, true. there's just that loyalty, right? That you think, well, for me especially, like to lose a child, how can you say you can never find joy again or you can be happy mm-hmm. again? Like you have to suffer because you loved him then you don't love him enough if you're not suffering. Do you know right. what I mean? It's that yeah. loyalty some people have to, well, I need to stay in suffering because this is the worst loss and I'm never going to yeah. get over this. But it's a choice. And right. this didn't just miraculously change, wake up one day and I feel happy. It took a lot of freaking work mm-hmm. and a choice to, to get out of suffering and to find That's meaning, right. You know? That's right. It's yeah. like we were saying of after grief, loss, trauma, whatever it is, Sure, you're it's not going to be perfect, but like we're saying, like you have a choice of which do you want to go down that self destructive path or do you mm-hmm. want to it's heal? Mindset, right? Yeah. You know, I used to wake up some mornings and and I got on the path again, the journey, spiritual journey, whatever I was on, that I had to find something to be grateful for. And yes. there was a lot of days where it was my bed, it yeah. was my dog. Um, a lot of days were the same things my yeah. comfy bed, my dog. You know, mm-hmm. some days were really hard to find something you're grateful for, but it's that by doing that every day, you shift your mindset to see right. things in a different way. It's a practice like anything. And that's it too. I think a lot of times people give up too quick and it's like, don't, don't, it's not going to be easy right away. It's not like snapping your fingers and all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, gratitude. Mm-hmm. No, like sometimes, especially dealing with something intense. You like Michelle, she's like, sometimes it was the same. Sometimes it was this. That's okay. But you still did it. You still yeah. showed up for yourself, which There's is always something, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, like I said, it was my, the blanket I had on my bed or yeah. it was the dog that cuddled up, Ruby that cuddled yeah. up beside me, or, you know, it's sunny today. I'm going to be yes. happy that the sun's out today. Cause that was always a big, if the sun's out, I always felt better, you me know, too. because the night it was rainy that night too. So it, oh. yeah, it's just finding at least if it's, if you can get three, you're having a good day. And there if you, you can't go. get three, that's okay. You know, yes, find but one to do it every day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I did that for a long time and it really did. You don't realize until you look back to say, no, that really did help me. That's change right. My mindset. Yeah. I feel yeah. the same. Cause like during sometimes it might not feel different. And like you said, it's after you p- put in that time with it and can yeah. look back, you're like, ah, yeah. did make a difference. It did help. Yeah. It, I find uh, readjusting our mindset and things like that are so challenging as is. Because once that neurological pathway is developed, it's very challenging to re, but you redirect can. it. it is, exactly. It, oh, it yes, you can, be, girl. Right? Yeah. Yes, you can. Totally I am. Can. We are. We are both. We're living, living proof. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so true with anything so, in life. Yeah. No, I totally agree. 
So yeah, I'm all over the place, Kaylee. Sorry. No, nope, literally, I just this, read this is my brain. Says, okay, good. I'm the same. So it was just when I read it and I highlighted his book is like all highlighted and stuff. And it was just such a cool way of viewing the world as we see it and how, you know, so I'll, I'll read it and you'll understand. Yeah. Um, so again, it's about twins in the womb. So in a mother's womb were two babies. The first baby asked the other, do you believe in, in life after this world? Second baby replied, why, of course, there has to be something after this world. Nonsense, said the first. There is no life after this world. What would, be, what would life be like? The umbilical cord supplies nutri nutrition. Life after this world would be impossible. The umbilical cord is too short. It can't be a world after this. The second baby held his ground. I think there is something, and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we'll see each other there. The first baby replied, if there's another world, no one has ever come back from there. Living here is the end of life. And after delivery, there would be nowhere to go and nothing but darkness. Well, I don't know, said the twin. But certainly we'll see mother and she will take care of us. Mother, said the baby. <clears throat> you believe in a mother, an all-powerful, intelligent being that makes all this happen? Where is she now? The second baby calmly and patiently tried to explain. She is all around us. It is her that we live. Without her, there would be no world. Ha, I don't see her. It's only, it's not, sorry. It's only logical that she doesn't exist. To which the other replied, sometimes when you're in the silence, you can hear her. You can perceive her. I believe there's a reality after this world. Whoa. Isn't that powerful? Ooh, mic drop. Whoa. Right? That, I, I swear to God, I've never had goosebumps I get so like, much during a podcast episode ever. And I truly believe it's what we're speaking on too. I think spirits are all with us right now. Cause I'm like, yeah. I on another level. That's amazing. That story is so cool because I think it can, people can relate to that story. Cause it puts it in like a 3d setting. Like everyone knows. Right? Cause this is what we don't, right. what you can't see. You don't believe. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. That was yeah. amazing. I thought it was so powerful. And I read, I'm like, yes. Oh, that's so, especially for us skeptics. Or, you know, <laughs> that are very logical brain. They have a hard time understanding. That's what the, I, I was trying to say. That's 5D, a yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. my God. That was a yeah. great, great little story. I like that. And it, what was it called again? Finding. It's called Finding Meaning, the sixth finding stage meaning. of grief. Okay, cool. Finding Meaning. I like that. I really like that. Because, yeah, the after grief, you know, you there has to be meaning that we find to keep going and persevere. So I love and that. I just want to say, cause I know it, depending on what stage you're at, every, I, it's, if I look back at my library of books that I have, there was different stages books resonated with me. Right. So I yeah. probably couldn't have read that book right after because mm -hmm. there was no fine. There is no meaning in what happened. There's still no meaning today. in what happened, mm -hmm. you know, the death of your child, there is no meaning in that there's meaning in what you do after. Yes. So how do you, you know, live with them moving on? How do you honor them? How do you find meaning in the little moments? Doesn't yeah. have to be big things. Like I did start a foundation, but it doesn't have to be starting a big foundation or mm -hmm. having, you know, these, uh, uh, um, you know, live events or things for your child. It can be just meaningful, little, like smiling at someone when you're going through the yes. drive through just looking at the sunset and thinking, that's easier. I'm so grateful. Or yeah. the rainbow and just taking a moment. Like before I was so busy in my life, the busyness that people are in mm. as a woman and as a professional and working full time and have kids. And you just, yeah. you think that's nonsense or you think, well, there's no time for that. 
yeah. and there's no meaning in that. Like I don't understand. I got to go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Instead of just sitting. And when I like was in that dark place, I couldn't look back because it was too painful. And I couldn't look forward as to any kind of future. That was too painful. So I had to sit mm-hmm. you and had I to had to present. get present yeah. and it forced me to be present. That's forced right. me to sit and to breathe and just meditate. I've never meditated my whole life. I'm not a meditator. <laughs> like I'm not. And it forced me to like, okay, that is the only thing that brings me comfort right now is not yeah. thinking about anything, not the past, not the future, you know, not right what now. I need to do, what I, what life's going to be like, just what does it feel like right now in this moment? 100%. And we all can benefit from that. We don't need a big loss or a big trauma. You know what Preach. I mean? And it's you know, so true, especially in like North American society in particular. Western culture is, right. It's hustle, uh, hustle, more, more, more. I'm like, how about no? How about we just stop yeah. for a second? And like yeah. we would be happier individuals with less. Yeah. And oh my God, I love that you're saying. And I love too, because I mean, we've all been in different areas of life, but you were go go. And then you were like, nope, present time. And it just shows like no matter what you're where you're at in life, what's going on taking those moments to be present and like Michelle was saying look at the sun look at whatever like appreciate what we have here and just take that minute for yourself and it can be very healing self-care is Mm. huge and especially for professional women or anyone not just professional women but I find just because that's what I I see every day is yeah I was there myself is that we are as mothers or as women we take care of everyone else and we mm-hmm. sacrifice ourselves, and we put value in that we sacrifice ourselves to take care of everyone else right yeah and it's just wrong and your body will and it happened to me before Avery passed away your body will tell you hey yep you need to slow down we're done you're not listening I will make sure something <laughs> happens physically to yourself to your body so you do and that's what happened I went to the gym one morning it was after yeah. a long weekend of hockey with Avery fun weekend but you know how you're driving in the it was a snowstorm yeah. and tense and I was working full time and mm-hmm. not taking time off when go, I should go, go. right start a new program at work and so much value in that which was good but I was putting sacrificing things I shouldn't have and I went out sat on the rower and I went to pull and it was like and I couldn't walk I oh made, I got home but I could not get out of bed like I, I was scared I was scared because yeah. I couldn't physically stand up I was crawling and just so, so everyone listens, Michelle's very active. She's like a CrossFit queen, like very in shape, like the gym. I'm like, I feel like that's how I connected with you. It is how gym. I, yeah. Yeah. Totally so yeah. very big part of her life is the and health it, and It's fitness. a good part of your life, right? It, it yes. was my mental health too. It was, uh, yep. but it, there's a fine line between it's healthy for you and unhealthy, right? Yeah. Or yeah, why you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like a wake up call. I was on a burnout. I definitely was on a burnout mm. from work. I had never take any time off after my separation just because that's what we do. Just go, 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 go. You don't have to deal with yeah. your feelings. You know, that's where my value was, was in my job. So I'm just going to stay there and keep going and just, it'll, it'll just go away. If I just run that's faster, right. just it'll past. go. Yeah. Right? And that's just not how life works. It's not it's how so your body true. works. It's not how trauma and pain work. So Great. I was off for, I think, I would say, um, I would say almost two months. It was more than a month. I got back to work. Finally, it was uh, my lower back anyway. So I got back to work the Monday before the long weekend of Easter. So I was back to work four days before the accident. My God. And honestly, looking back, I would say I am most grateful for that time off because I was home. I had supper ready at night. I wasn't rushed from work wondering, what am I going to make when I get home? 
what do the kids have on the go that night? Go, 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 go. I was able to be somewhat present, not near to the point I am now, but at least um, able to spend more yeah. quality time with both kids, but especially Avery. Um, and I'll never regret that time. No. But it was a shift things, you needed. Those aren't the things you regret, right? The thing, it's yeah. time spent taking care of yourself. You'll never regret that. No, and it'll always benefit you always. And I yeah. even notice in myself, like if I, you know, I stay pretty consistent, but if I do take a step back and I'm like, what, one, why? Like, you know, doing the things that are it, releasing those endorphins are good. One, they, they're good for me and I enjoy them. Yeah. But sometimes just like with work and things, I do get consumed. And then I'm like, girl, like even today I was like, okay, go do some yoga, go outside more, take some walks because I know my spirit is like screaming at me. It's like, you need mm. to reset. You need to slow down. So and it's, it's awesome. So you hear cool. that and you listen to it because many oh. don't. <laughs> I feel like I've been you know? through burnout in the past and I will never allow myself to get there again because the recovery from my burnout, it was way longer. I mean, maybe it was happening longer than I realized before I finally like, <laughs> before the universe is like, yeah, done. usually it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the healing process felt so long and strenuous and like it was intense. So don't let yourself burn out, people. Not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no. And I think one of the other things, too, when you talk about like healing from is that if you don't feel it, you can't heal it. And I've heard that from many people, and it's so mm -hmm. freaking true. And I know I had friends that have lost and you're from Miramichi. So yeah. there's been a lot of, a lot of tragedies. Like I don't remember growing so up many. that many young tragic deaths. It's I don't, wild. Cause like we're such a small place that it affects yeah. everybody. Right. So it's yeah. not just, there's all these, there's secondary losses. So there's so many different kinds of forms of losses, right? There's tra like traumatic deaths like this where yes. it impacts the whole community. So everyone grieves. Whether yeah. you really knew them or not, you yeah. still grieve, right? Because mm -hmm. there's some kind of connection to somebody or something, or it's just a child in our community. So we grieve. That's right. And uh, it's been, you know, and I see, so when there's more than one, then there's cumulative grief too, right? So it triggers a lot of times people that have lost a child or lost a brother or lost a grandson or granddaughter, you know, so there's, and then there's all those secondary losses that people don't realize. So, you know... Mm -hmm you know, you lose friends. I don't have the same friends I had before. You yeah. lose um, your identity of who you are changes. Yeah. You know, there's so many different layers to it. And even for children, like even sibling loss, like I didn't never understood the depth of sibling loss, like yeah. holy, her loss and no one really talks about it. No one mm -hmm. understands it. And, you know, when you're younger, like she was 13, going to be 14. Yeah. You experience like different developmental losses as you go along, right? Absolutely. So she lost him at that stage. And then she got to the stage this year where she was the same age as him. So she, now mm -hmm. she's outlived him, right? So that's another kind of developmental stage there. She has to kind of grieve all over again because she's that's at a different right. developmental stage. You know what I mean? There's, mm -hmm. there's many different um, layers to grief too that we don't necessarily understand. And yeah. I know I didn't understand before. I'll own that one. I, didn't I love that you said that about the layers because like that is so true it's like it it's not just this loss it's like this it, it's like the I don't want to say a catalyst but it's like the thing that leads to all the other like layers like yeah. you said layers it's the yeah. perfect word wow yeah. and triggers sorry it triggers yeah. and to me a trigger comes up I used to get triggered quite a bit 
So even if it was like, a, I remember before I was doing this with you, Kaylee, I was looking at my journal because I wrote a lot at the beginning. That was a big help for me. Yeah. And I just reading some of them, like, oh, I almost wanted to give myself a hug. I'm like, oh my Aww. gosh, you could feel the pain I was in, right? Which was a great yeah. way to express it, to get it out because it's got to come out, right? You can't hold That's on to right. that. Journaling so is form, very healthy. Yeah, very healthy. Like whatever that. form you you need, some do yoga, some dance, yeah. like whatever you need to do to get it out, but it has to come out. That's um, right. I feel like there's lots of different things that can release in different ways. Like yoga helped me in an emotional way, but boxing, however, got the uh, anger out and yeah, stuff. But I'm a big, yeah. I like to journal too. And I think a key with journaling is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Your handwriting doesn't have to be pretty. Just go. Don't even think. Yeah. Just write. And it. And it'll some of the stuff be... I'm reading back, I'm like, damn, that was good. Did I write that? Because <laughs> I don't even remember writing that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, Kayla. I forgot. Um, we were just talking about the different ways you can heal we were saying how you know you can journaling helped a lot for you and then we were saying you know different emotions might come out through different activities or uh, yeah yeah I don't know whatever maybe but (laughs) there is something interesting I was out because I I'm a big podcaster and YouTuber like I follow all that that's I never watch TV anymore which is really weird for me because I was a big TV (laughs) person before anyway so they were talking about dancing with the stars so there's great actual grief yoga so you can do a you form. You see, I just feel <laughs> water all over. <laughs> Enjoy. This is me as a person. This, Here we go. All right. That's all right. Flatter for everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Dancing with the stars. Yeah. So there's different. So what they found from Dancing with the Stars is that a lot of anyone that went on the show really were able to process a lot of their trauma in their past yeah. and grief through movement. And so I now they've that. they've come up with a whole, I don't know what it's called. Um, I want to say aesthetics. I, there's something, a form of it anyway, that they're looking at for therapy from grief and loss and trauma. I love that. Dancing and it's one of the head ones from joy. Dancing with the Stars. I can't think of her name, yeah. but she's the one that's kind of steerheading it. And I'm like, that I is really that. cool because there's totally. so many more modalities like from social work side. And yeah. I try to tell my staff that now too, is like, there's so many other forms of healing out there that we can't mm-hmm. dismiss. Exactly. Indigenous like culture Maxine. in general has yeah. like oh. Mac there. Like, oh, that's so funny. Right the same. So connected. <laughs> I love Max and their culture right. is and I've gained so much healing from their culture. So much. And what I love about Max is she's so welcoming. She always is willing to share. And I feel yeah. so honored when she includes me in things because mm-hmm. I know it's yeah. very special and I want to respect everything and everyone. And she is so open and wanting to share that. And like when we were talking about dancing, her and I, that is like our joy. Like we, right. and we talked on a previous episode about different things. And uh, she talked about dancing a lot with, and, and, and her, she's in social work and therapy. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's just so many different modalities that we can tap into that <sighs> if that's what the client wants, if that's what, who's coming to you for help, if that's what they need, be open to it, allow it, you know, go with where they're at give them different options and let them decide. Don't just narrow box this into therapy because yeah, it's just not going to heal everything. And That's they're, right. you know, they need, they need, you need hope. You need to know whether it's God, creator, spirit, energy, mm-hmm. whatever you can find to cling to, to give you that hope and to help you heal within and find that power because mm-hmm. that's what I named the site is power yeah. within to heal because you have to find that and the power is there it's never right. it's never lost we don't need to no. fix anyone everything you need is inside of you to, to heal from anything any trauma anything you've gone through 
you yes, can feel Yes, and we're so much stronger than I think sometimes oh we give gosh. ourselves credit for. Like, yeah. you might feel like this is it, this, I can't do it. You, and we always persevere. And I think sometimes, I know for myself, you don't give yourself enough pat on the back, like looking yeah. backward, like give yourself a hand, everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have been through things, whatever those things are, and you're here and you're, you're, you're doing whatever you're doing with your life. And I think it's important to give yourself that credit because I know I don't do that enough for myself. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, you, you got here, you're doing okay. So yeah. give yourself it's that It's not being conceited. Too. It's not being exactly. boastful to say, you know what, I'm a freaking rock star to get myself to where <laughs> I am. Like, I'm proud of myself. And that's yes. okay. You should be saying that. Like, we're born yeah. to do hard things. We were born that's to right. do hard things. And, oh, you know, you can, it's amazing the things you can. But again, it's a mindset and it's a choice. It's true. It's so you true. Know? And like when we're saying these things too, like, well, you've got it the whole time. You're, you're, it's not when we say it, like, you're still going to feel things that maybe you're not like, you're like, but I didn't choose to feel as it's, it's just, it's going to come up. It's your body. Like the body also stores grief oh, and trauma in different ways. That, I, right. I find that so fascinating. Cause like, I didn't realize that I, I do now, but when I was first learning, I was like, what? Cause even with massage therapy, for instance, mm-hmm. like I have like a magical, she's, she's back east, but she's oh. magical. She's amazing. And she's so very um, energetically inclined as well. And like, there's certain things that will release and it's so emotional because your body's hanging yes. on to all that. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Eh? The energy that you store yeah. and yeah, there's just things that we, we're not taught that in school. So exactly. we're in a helping profession that we're the first door that these people come to and where we have this, you know, only no, and it's not because they don't want to help if they want to help you through. It's just not necessarily we were taught the right ways that's to right. do it or that there's other ways, not just the one way. That's and it. There is that's no it. right way. You know, there's no right way to do grief. There's no, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. <laughs> and we're going to check this box off and do this assessment. Yeah. And then, you know, even though like we have like a assessment, like a DSM that, you know, gives you diagnosis. Like I remember going to my doctor right after and he's a lovely man, very caring, but gosh, the things they ask people like, you know, and I was so. I did take antidepressants at the beginning, um, you know, I did, but I didn't want to stay on them because I knew I wouldn't feel, you can't, if you're numbing, like you talked about before, if you need to take it to get you through, yes. 100% that's what I've been for, there too. Yeah. Right? When you're at and that point, sometimes you have to. Like, totally. You, there's no choice. There's yeah. a line there where you know, no, I need something or I'm never yep. going to be able to get to where I need to. But I was at a place where, no, I, I'm okay. I need to heal this. I need to feel it. It's stuck. It's horrible. But I just had some kind of knowing a sense within yeah. that you can do this without this. But I couldn't, right. I wouldn't tell my doctor that, you know, because I knew as soon as I told him that he's going to say, well, she's healed. She must be good because she's not on medication. Then she can't yeah. be grieving her son anymore. And, you know, just the questions they would ask me, like, because of course, it's part of the diagnosis. Like, are you kind of this complicated grief still? So are you missing your son more than a few times? Are you crying every week? Well, yeah. Or do yeah. you think of him more than two, three times a week? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And that's never going to change, you nope. know, it's just such a archaic way of, you know, assessing people that. Oh, it is. Quite understand. No time frame to it. Like it doesn't no. end. Like there's no. Yeah. I love that you said that too, about how you just kind of knew when you needed to come off of that. Cause I was the same. I knew after a certain point, I was like, okay, like I'm ready to come off of this, this medication. And even doing that, it didn't mean it 
was mad. Like you said, it wasn't magically better. I felt like I could connect easier, to be honest, with my pain when I was mm-hmm. off of it. Me totally it just, too. Yeah, it wasn't I could doing anything. It didn't it. make me feel good. It didn't really help. It didn't. And maybe it's because of where I was in my journey and the things yeah. I was doing because I wasn't, I was like, like a college professor, like student. I was like reading and, you know, and almost to the point where I had to say, okay, are you spending too much time on that side and not much time in reality and real life? Mm. Because you got to balance that too. You can't stay in the very feels good, you know, believing in the mystical and magical when you live in reality. So you have to find that so balance true. there too, right? So, I, oh yeah. my God, you're saying so many good things because like <laughs> I, I can relate to everything in a different way. Like I've too at times was so consumed in the yeah. spirituality and everything, which is, again, it's great, but you do still have to live in 3D. So yeah. I love yeah. that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very yeah. powerful. Um, what was I going to ask you when you, I, I feel like I have squirrel brain, so I'm very happy that yeah, you're like, no same, worries. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to circle back. Like um, when you were saying that you connected with Avery through, you know, different mediums and things has, I'm just genuinely curious. Avery, say what it's like where he's at and just mm, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's always a question, eh? Because I, and I can't seem to get, of course, my logical, I'm in the <laughs> 3D, like I need to know, okay, like when he wakes, like in my head, I'm still thinking when he wakes up, which he doesn't because you're just energy, you're pure, pure love, right? You just go back to source or whatever you want to believe. Right. Um, yeah. So from what I can understand from the many questions I do ask, because of course, because my logical, I'm going in with like 10 questions I need answers yeah. to, like I'm spending this much money to come see you. I just, I need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be, you know, the way they explain it to me is that if you want to be somewhere, you can be there. So if he wants to be still living, like as soon as you cross over, you can still eat food if you want to, if it makes you really? feel good, but you don't need to, but oh. you love the connection to it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or yeah. like one time they said, like Avery um, was playing, he was in this, ma- he, expl- he explained the detail and it sounded like the camp that he used to go to. My, my parent, my father and stepfather, which he loved, like he would say, Ooh. I want to live there when I grow up, like uh-huh. you don't need to be anywhere else, just in the woods. And it sounded like it was there. And so he, if that's where he wants to be, he can be there. And in the next second, he could be playing hockey with his friends, like, wow. and they can just, cause they're energy. They're just that's pure right. energy. There is no time and space which is mm-hmm. so hard for us to understand. For me, the logical brain, what do you mean there's no time and space? So yeah. yesterday, t- there's no time. Like there's no past, present, future. There just is. Yeah. Just now. Oh my God. And you know you what? Know? I think we could take that and apply that to our lives here. Because totally. time really is like a, what's a, it's an illusion. It's an illusion. We think- Everything's an illusion, yeah. right? It's, yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I, but I couldn't, I never got, I always, and of course it's because we're living in this reality and where we are our mind is so narrow-minded right as to mm-hmm. what really this is all about but it was you know I wanted to hear okay well he would wake up and he would go to school and he would do this and then you know what I mean but that's just not what it, <laughs> I'm not going to get the answer I'm looking for because it's not what it is right yeah but I will tell you a story it was really cool when I went to Palaki or Palaki I can never say his name I right. don't know I if I'm say even it saying it I feel properly bad. <laughs> I know I do I can spell it but I can't say it yes um but he is amazing and um so the first, I, I think I found him maybe three times, once a year. I try to go, it's like a tune-up, it's like I get a little tune-up yeah. every year. And totally. so maybe the first and second time, I was in deep grief, like any mother would be. Um, and then I did, a, it was quite a uh, time span between the second one and the last one I had with him. Um, and it's hard, he's hard to get into, too. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a lot of work on myself. So I did a lot of um, 
uh, Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah. Love yeah. her. But I couldn't, again, my logical brain, I started with her and I couldn't, <laughs> she was like too out there. I couldn't get it. I'm like, where, but no, I just, inner child. I don't, under, her. I don't understand. Like there's no inner child inside. I don't understand what that means. Like I'm so logical. And then, so then I got on to Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-mm. He has changed my freaking life. Like he's wow. all, he's a scientist. He's a doctor. He has gone through, he was, I know he was in a bad accident. He was biking and got, front, I guess he got hit by a car and was supposed to have surgery wow. on his back, but ended up healing his back with his mind. What? Way out there, right? Way out there. Whoa. But he, it's all about, um, you know, the quantum field and understanding energy and how to change your mindset. You know, that thoughts are the language of the mind and, and your feelings are the language of the body and your thoughts and your feelings create your reality. And I just connected with that. I don't know why I would do his meditations. And I was like, I understand now. I don't understand what inner child really means. It's not like there's a child. It's like there's that trauma and wounds from your past that are still present. And when something like this happens, and a lot of people have said that when you lose someone this traumatically, it opens you up that you don't just grieve this one. You grieve all the losses, all the trauma, all the wounds you've had in your whole life. You didn't even realize there was stuff I didn't even, I thought I had a good childhood. I did have a good childhood, but there's still, every child has, you don't, you don't get through childhood without any wounds. Like you just don't. And we carry those, right? And we don't most, including me, (laughs) did not realize I had any of those. I thought I dealt with my father's death. Fine. I thought I dealt with my childhood. Fine. Obviously not. Because there was, this is why I'm this way. This is why I'm a helper. This is why I have no boundaries. This is why, right? Yes. The perfectionist, the, this, 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 oh but everyone's needs so in front of my own and yeah. second guess everything and people pleasing so, like that's right? going it's all yeah, a yeah. form of past trauma right response yep. to trauma and so his work whatever it was his meditations just resonated with me it clicked. and I was yeah. able to start to heal and I could feel it like I could feel how it was healing and he connects that you're you know how you need to feel what you want you have to actually feel it what it's going to feel like to be where you want to be yeah and I don't know what it was. I did them for a long time. I was feeling better. I was feeling more joy than pain. I was able to get my play, myself to a place where I felt I was truly healing past wounds. And so then I went back to Palaki after Palaki. Um, and I didn't say anything. And I really didn't even have that many questions this time. I was just curious to see what he would say. Yeah. And he looked at me and I wish I could have it on a video. I have it on my voice <laughs> recording, but and I don't know if you've been to him. So he's so, no, but I've, right? and, I've watched his videos and most okay. of my friends have been, they're like, Kaylee, you need to do this. I'm like, you I know totally, you really do. <laughs> and so you do, you gotta go. Yes. You can do it through FaceTime. You can do it from there. That's what I do. Oh, well, you just unlocked it. There, there we go. go. Looking him up after. So yeah. anyway, he looks, he looked at me and he goes, and he connects right away with like guides spirit and your loved ones and and he's like oh, it's fascinating and the way he would say it I know and he'd be talking to them but not really yes. talking to you and he's like I am sorry but it is just fascinating like he said it, I'm sure three or four times and he, I'm like I just waited he's like your color you were so dark I don't even know what my colors were before but you were yeah. such dark grief what I expected he said that's what it was you were cleaning wanting to know answers from your son you know trying to like more like please tell me he's okay please mm-hmm. tell me he's still there like needing that reassurance I don't need that anymore because I have a knowing yeah. I know you and know. he's like yeah. your colors now you're you're he- I've never seen a parent 
a grieving mother heal that fast? He said, whatever you're doing, you're keep doing. That's what he said. (laughs) Keep doing it. And I kind of explained, he's like, that's because it's your logical brain and you needed that to get you to this point. And he said, you know what your colors were? I'm curious. I think they're more like a green, like a, that's what I've heard from a few people. Um, warm, like light blue, green or whatever. And he said, Avery, um, Avery was there and he says, you don't even like, you don't like before I'd be like, Avery, please send me a sign. Just let me know you're okay. I do that all the time. And he's like, you're not even doing that anymore. You know, when you get a sign, you're like, hey, Abe, thanks for the sign. What's and you move that? on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's totally what I do. I'm like, thanks, bud. I knew yes. you were going to send that sign. Or if I need to talk to you, I'm going to talk to you. But I don't cling to not the needing the reassurance like I exactly. did. And he said that helps him on the other side too, because he knows you're okay. So it's once he knows you're okay, path. he can kind of move on to what he wants, needs to do, right? We're always yeah. be connected, um, right. you know, but yeah, he was just like blown away. And wow. even our reading was very, it shifted. It wasn't yeah. like, because the last time I went to him too, he's like, you don't want to know about the accident. I'm like, nope, I don't need to know those details anymore. I'm past that. Yeah. Uh, that's not because I find with trauma, especially, or with when something like traumatic like that happens, it only happened once, but yet we relive it over and over and over again. So yeah. he didn't, in my mind, he was dying every day because I take myself back to that accident scene and I take myself back to what it was like in the hospital. And it only, ha- and your body doesn't know the difference. So your body think it's happening every day. Every day I thought of that, my body went right back to being in that place, right? Yes. And I didn't realize that because I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. But it's true. Your body doesn't know yeah. the difference. So- I love that you said that. I love that you said that. Like, it's so true. Like we were saying, the body does not forget. And like when your mind is triggered or in that place of whatever it is, your body is just reacting. Like the fe- like the feelings, like you were yeah. saying. And it's not your mind, right? So your body's just yeah. going on your feelings. So it's like, oh my yeah. God, it must be it. And it's the same with anyone that's been in trauma and lives in survival mm-hmm. mode because 90% of, 90% of us live in survival mode now. Yep. And so you're triggered and you're in this hypersensitive state. Oh, where fight or flight. Fun, fight or flight yeah. or freeze or, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's, if you're there, it's because your body keeps thinking it needs in to danger it's or, in yeah. danger or, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. can remember being triggered over certain things. And literally like the physical things that go through my body. Mm-hmm. And this is how I can tell the difference now between because I I kind of lost trust in myself because I'd let, you know, yeah. things happen. And I, again, blamed myself, which again, you know, work through that. But my intuition feels different than my PTSD trigger feels. And like, because yeah. it, it fills my body with really gross feelings. And now I know I'm like, you are triggered right now. This is not real. This is I'm not real. I'm replacing you with something that feels good. Yeah. 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 That's so true. And, yeah. you know, I know for me, it was like, I, it was a quote I put on my site that I, it was just like, a, I don't know what made me think of it. It was like, I stopped looking for him where he was and found him where he is and found myself yeah. where I am. So I wasn't, I had to stop looking like he's not going to be in his room. He's not going to be at the school. He's mm-hmm. not going to be at, you know, his sister's prom. He's not going to be all the time so if you can take yourself like that's re-traumatizing you all the time right and takes you into that suffering that he's not there well no he's not there but he's here that's and, you right. know and I found me where I hadn't found me before too right yeah wow that's so 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 powerful oh my god do you have any um like my anything I, I you share so much but with the advice maybe for yeah. anyone dealing with something similar. Yeah. yeah. I know um, 
one of the things I will say for anyone that's going through grief after that have asked me, like, what's, what should I say? Or what shouldn't I say? Because people mm -hmm. are so scared. They don't know what to do. They want to help. Everyone wants to help and they want to be there, but they're so scared that sometimes they avoid, yeah. which isn't great. And, or sometimes they just say the wrong things. And what I always say is just be there for them. You don't, and if you don't know what to say, say, I don't know what to say. Don't try to make it better. Just yes. sit there with them. And it, please, and this is one thing, if, if you remember anything from today is please don't say, let me know if you need anything. Because guess what? We're never going to let you know because no. we don't know what we need. We're in such That's a state right. we don't even know, need to know. We don't know how to ask for help, right? It's mm -hmm. not that we don't need the help. We need the help. We don't know how to ask. And you're, most people are lucky. I have a best friend who just knew when to be there. <laughs> yes. I didn't. I kind of cocooned myself for a long time and I just didn't want to be around people. And that's okay. Like there is no right or wrong, right? Yeah. Some people like to be out with people and just feel good. And that's fine too. But I just cocoon. And yeah. she would leave, she would leave supper on the doorstep. She would know oh. when, oh, we're going for, wouldn't ask me. I'm picking you up in 10, in 10 minutes. We're going, you know, I just love knew. that. Wasn't like, let me know if you need anything. And I used to do that too. Like I used to be able, well, let me know, let me know if you need anything. I'm here for you. Well, mm -hmm. if you're really here for them, show up. Yes. That's my advice. If you don't know what to do, drop off a meal, mm -hmm. not the week after, wait a month or two or three or four or five, six, even yeah. a year later, take them for a drive, drop something off, mow their yard, do mm -hmm. something, right? They need help, but they just don't know how to ask. So, so true. Oh my God. I love everything you said. And I feel like that applies in so many areas, you know, like they say, oh, like definitely. actions speak louder than words yeah. and like, yes, words are important, of course, but in moments, especially like that. And yeah. it's important that, you know, it's, it's wonderful to do it right after, but for someone, and I know probably some of your family too, it's you're so, you don't eat. Like, I don't even remember the first, I remember my, one of my friends saying, okay, I think it's time to go get a shower. Like you need to get to the bathroom because you're just in, you're in autopilot, right? To yes. get through the morning, you're just in autopilot and to eat anything wouldn't matter what it tastes like. You wouldn't care. Um, but it's weeks, months, you know especially the months after where everyone kind of goes back to their old life, back to normal, and you're stuck there. You don't want to make a meal, but no one else is making it for you. So you have, do you know what I mean? That's when people yeah. really need, when every, when they, when the mourners or the grievers think everyone's gone back to the real life, which you do, that's, that's just reality. Just remember that it's not normal for them and nothing's normal for them anymore. No. There's this beautiful, it was in Australia and it was a researcher and she studied different communities and how they grieve and what they do. And this one little community in Australia, when someone passes away that night, everyone in the community, and it must be a small little village, but everyone changes something in their household or in their outdoors, like outside their house. So they move a chair, they change a pot of plants, but it's a symbol to say, we understand that nothing is ever going to be the same. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Wow. And our Western culture is more like, okay, nope, we did the morning. We went to the wake. We did the family. Back to the ground. Sandwiches, yeah. And now we're back to normal and you guys need to move on and, you know, deal with it and move on. But I thought that was such a beautiful way of coming I together and mourning together and showing them, you know what? Nothing's changed. Everything's changed everywhere. Yeah you know, we yeah. understand that about you. So yeah, we're yeah. in this together. I love yeah. that. That's, and yeah. that's such a simple thing. Yeah, for it's people not hard to do. to do, right? Simple, but and powerful. It just mean, and it means that those simple things mean a lot to those that are yes. grieving, right? Oh, simple I gestures, feel that. Mean a lot. Yeah. The little things I always, to me, make everything. It's always those little things I feel like we remember. And, it's, and how it's people so carry powerful. 
And I think the other thing I really like to, for people to understand is instead of saying, I understand right after the loss to say, I'm sorry for your loss. I get it. It makes mm -hmm. sense. But in months and years later, like someone said it to me the other day, I'm sorry for you. And I know that's just, that's all they know how to say, but I would recommend or suggest that, why don't you say, well, what was their name? And a few people have said that to me and I'm like, oh, thank you. I like that. Like, what was his name? Yeah. It kind of takes you back because you're not used to someone saying that to you. And it was like, or tell me, what was he like? Yeah. You know, ask for, ask to know, because we love, leave us. It doesn't make us sad. There were, they're always on our mind, yes. you know, so say their name. It, tell yeah, a story. And you get to celebrate him. Like the celebrate Swedish berry them. story. I'll never right? forget that. I yeah, love that. It's like, <laughs> they have a name you know Avery's still my son he's yeah. still around I, I say and I know some people probably think I'm crazy but I'll speak to him is in present tense yeah. I don't say Avery what would have loved that Avery does love that yeah. Avery would be proud Avery is proud you know and I yeah, I he's hope still people present. And, he's yeah. still present he's part of our yeah. lives he'll always will be you know yeah oh yeah. my god yes I love that so much it and it was again it's all it's all connecting like what we were saying earlier about how you had to be present and how we feel like you know in life we all should be more present and that's keeping Avery present you know because he is be, present yeah and being comfortable yeah. with it to speak about it right we just yes. need to shift that culture to that it's not grief illiterate anymore and it's not bad to talk about your loved ones it doesn't mean that you're not grieving properly or that you're holding on to someone that you need to let go of like you don't exactly. let go of them yeah there, yeah, it's so true. They're always going to be present in your life, your heart, your soul, everything. So yeah. I love that. And I'm all about celebrating. So to me, that's mm -hmm. a celebration of him. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? You've said oh, so God, many beautiful I things know. already. <laughs> I think for, again, I think for anyone grieving, again, there's different stages depending on where you're at for but books and I know not everyone's a reader and again I wasn't a reader either but at the beginning I read all kinds of books I'm from other grieving mothers that were kind of like light post to me okay well she same thing kind of happened to her and she's here writing a book and she got through it this way and this other mother got through it this way and it was just gave me a kind of a hope it gave me a sense of uh, possibility uh, that I wasn't alone was a big one That's because right. I find even though there are other people that have gone through the same, everyone's at different places and not everyone's comfortable talking about it. Um, so, you know, I found that was big for me. Like, just, and then I kind of got into the spiritual side and those books have been great. Like Gabby Bernstein and, you know, just different spiritual guides along the way. Um, and then I read, I don't know if you've heard of Edith Egger. Mm -mm. So she was a, uh, she wrote two books. One's called The Gift. One's called okay. The Choice. And if you ever think you've been through too much and it's not fair and there's no way to find meaning or hope in your life, she was um, a prisoner in a concentration camp. Um, she was only, I think, 14 or 15 for her whole family. And wow. she survived. Her and her sister were the only two to survive. And she became a PhD psychiatrist or psychologist after it moved to the States. Her story, like you can't, how she was able to find meaning and hope in mm. the worst possible scenario day in and day out and finding the, like I said, gratitude, finding the smallest little thing to cling to, to survive. I'm telling you, her story is amazing. You can YouTube her and stuff too. She's amazing. Amazing. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I'm like writing all these books down. I'm like, yeah. yes. And the good thing too, 
people, if you're not a reader, Audible, there's you can. Oh my listen gosh, to YouTube, like you want, yeah. Joe Dispenza, I don't remember. I've never actually read any of his books yet, but I've YouTube him so much that I feel like I've read his books. So there's exactly. so many options now. You don't have to actually sit free, but that was important to me at the time. I needed yes. silence. I needed, and it was just something. And it, again, distracted me from reality, maybe a bit too at the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, then then there's some Canadian ones that are great too, like uh, Jessica Jansen. She wrote. She's actually in Alberta. I don't know if you heard of her. Oh, nice. She does a lot cool. of work at West, and she has a whole foundation for her son. Wow. And um, she does a great. And then Sherry Fit. She's from um, well, I don't know. If she's from New Brunswick or Nova Scotia, but she always wrote these fun light books. Um, and she, then her son died, and she wrote. And this was raw, and this just came at the right time and again you have to be at the right place in your grief journey to read it but it's called you won't always be this sad and it's a book of moments and it's just like little poems little like it's such an easy read it's a really heavy read because she's very intense and graphic as to what happened but if you're a grieving parent or gone through something really um catastrophic or just unsure how you're ever going to get out um this is an amazing book and it's an easy read and again, cool. David Kessler's book is my go-to of all <laughs> time. <go-to>. Yeah. <laughs> David Kessler. Cool. That name sounds, is there a CrossFitter or someone with that last name? Like that it last might name? Be actually Kessler, I feel like, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I was like. Yeah, that's not him. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not the same person, but that last yeah. name kept sticking out. <laughs> oh I'm God. actually taking a course from him right now so I can be a certified grief educator. So I'm oh, really excited about crazy. that. Dang. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, cause, well, I guess we should talk about, um, we'll, we'll get your social medias plugged and then you can maybe share a little bit of what you're doing with your, uh, power within to heal. Cause I think that's amazing. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, um, it's, well, my page that I'm starting to do just, uh, just kind of share my story and, um, quotes and things like that and inspirations is called, um, the power within to heal. Um, and of course my own personal pages is Michelle Allison. Um, so yeah, the start, it was one of those things where you got to step out of your comfort zone and I've had a calling for a long time and I had a lot of friends and family are like, look, you need to write a book you need. And so much, and it really helped me heal too, by doing it, it was more for myself. It's being selfish. It was to help. I didn't know why I just, you just do it. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. it was something That's inside right. me. I just need to write. And I need to share. Um, and it was vulnerable. And it was raw sometimes. And I wasn't ashamed or I wasn't, there was no shame in doing it, which I was, I'm thankful for. And I've got so much feedback from people saying, you've changed the way I view grief now. I wish I could have done that when I lost someone. Um, You make me understand better. Uh, You know, just, I'm an inspiration. Like, it's just hard to hear sometimes, but, but it's, it helps me to know, okay, I am. And if it's just one person I help, then it's one person I help. But it's yes. someone I wish I had had when I went through this. It didn't seem so dark. Absolutely. I 100% agree and feel that. And in my own way, I totally can relate because you've gone through something so intense. And it's not that you don't want others to feel that because that's their journey. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But if that happens to them, when they can find someone they can relate to, like, you that was your your saving grace with some of these books and I can relate as well with different books or people I found like it gave me so much hope in the dark and I think that's why you're called to share because like like you're getting all this amazing feedback and it's so true and I mean even that you're sharing this on this podcast just means so much to me because I know there's going to be people 
who can relate and learn something. And it's just amazing. That's my hope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do have, on top of that, I started a foundation for Avery. It's called the 4A Legacy Foundation. And it really came out of, um, it stemmed from a need to improve organ donation in in our province and in Canada in general, because mm-hmm. um, we wanted to do- donate Avery's. Well, we knew we couldn't donate his main organs because of the way he passed, but to donate his corneas and our heart valves are certain things that could have been donated, but due to lack of staff and just our our, our uh, program, the way it was set up, it wasn't possible. So I've been a strong advocate to try to get those uh, changes made and uh, to get Avery's Law is what it's called um, in place yes. in Brunswick. And if, mm-hmm. if and when, it will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, still hoping clinging to that will only be the second province in all of North America that have that opt-out Nova Scotia put it in place two years ago I believe and there's no other province or state that has that in place wow there's so many people waiting and it can bring so much healing to families and again it's your personal choice and at the end of the day it's still Mm -hmm. your choice um but there's a something in place that will make it more accessible for people to obtain organs and for the family to be able to gift that to that's to so child or your family member has lived on and someone else right it's that gift yes. of giving that never ends. yes yeah. you're reminding me of this video that I've, I don't remember when I have no concept of time either but I don't remember <laughs> when I saw it but it was um and again the details are fuzzy but I can just picture the image in my head the little it was either a little girl or boy I can't remember now but they got a heart transplant from a family whose their family member had passed and then they got to meet this little little child and it just like you're saying how it's healing for both that was kind of what the gist of the video was was it was yeah. so powerful yeah that's such a gift that if yeah. you can and I don't know why because we honestly it wasn't something Avery was always a kid that always did the right thing without knowing if didn't care like I found out stories about him after like he worked <laughs> at Canadian Tire he only worked there for like and the people that were impacted, so you know, you think, oh, it's just a part-time job. You, you impact people no matter where you go in life. That's like, it. about him trying to save a child. Like, he never told me any of this. And, like, what? these stories. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. But just, he just did it because it was the right thing to do, right? So that was part of his legacy. And yes. so we felt like we just went that night and said, can we donate his organ? Like, why we did that, I don't know. It was something inside. Maybe it was Avery mm-hmm. saying, hey, you can need to go. My be- beautiful blue eyes have to live on someone else. Yes, but, yes. But, yeah, so, again, I probably was Avery now thinking about it. Um, but, uh, so, anyway, we weren't able to, but hopefully other people will because of that. Yes, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. This was such a powerful conversation. I am so grateful for you sharing this with us. Like, I'm just like, whoa, right now in a good way. Awesome. And you're always worried because this is my first podcast. Like this is the first time we've done this. I'm more comfortable with a pen and paper behind the scenes, <laughs> write it all out and then post it, right? Like this is me stepping outside of my comfort zone. And like, I have stuff written down. I didn't even look at, you know what I mean? But yeah. Again, my logical mind is I need to have a layout here of how this is going to go. You yes. need to follow your heart. It's more authentic and it's more powerful to follow your heart. Exactly. Yeah. And you just, oh my gosh, you said so many beautiful, amazing and helpful things. Like, I just know it's going to impact many and I just really appreciate you. Um, also for everyone watching on YouTube, I'll make sure I link all of her uh, social medias and everything in the description box. If you're listening via podcast, everything will be linked. If you're looking at the Instagram page for my podcast, everything's going to be tagged. There'll be no uh, trouble finding Michelle if you want to connect with her. 
So that's our tea time for today, everybody. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. It really means a lot. And like and share if you're resonating with us. It'll help build this beautiful community up. And that's all for today. We will see you next time. Bye.